Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 15th of October. A massive clean-up is underway this morning after a storm system dubbed the Beast from the East ripped through parts of New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland. Torrential rain flooded streets and shopping centres while hail peppered parts of Western Sydney and Melbourne. Thousands have been left without power in the New South Wales city of Armidale in the northwest of New South Wales after a tornado tore through the region around midnight last night. Sharon Fox from the SES says the damage especially in Armidale is extensive. There's been some whole roofs lifted off houses there, there's been cars overturned and a number of uh, trees coming down quite extensive damage. We've got um, New South Wales SES volunteers on the ground and other agencies obviously heavily supporting us with the clean up this morning. More wild weather is expected over the next few days. To the latest on COVID, and the Victorian government says it will reopen as planned next week, despite a record number of COVID cases detected in the state yesterday. 2,297 new infections were recorded and sadly 11 more deaths. Experts say despite skyrocketing cases, high vaccination rates have prevented thousands of COVID-related deaths. Here is Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews. We're going to get to 70% next week and because we're going to get to 70% next week double dosed at the same time as we're probably going to be at 90% single dose, that's a stronger performance than so many around the world Uh, and that's something that we should be very pleased about and it does give us some more options. To New South Wales and the state is expected to hit the 80% double vaccinated milestone this weekend, allowing millions of residents new freedoms. But the New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet has delayed opening up regional travel for those in Greater Sydney. We've made commitments in relation to the 80% double dose. It looks like based on the efforts that everyone's made across the state that we'll hit that target uh, over the weekend. And that's incredibly positive. Uh, But there have been concerns about the different pace of of the vaccine rollout, particularly um, in regional New South Wales. And some good news on the COVID front this morning with rapid antigen tests given the green light by the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Three tests will be made available for Australians to test for COVID at home from next month. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To Tasmania and the state is on COVID alert after an infected traveller escaped hotel quarantine in Hobart earlier this week. So far, more than 50 close contacts have been identified. Our reporter Rachel Burke has more from Hobart. That's right, Tash. Tassie's holding its breath after the Bridgewater Woolworths was flagged as an exposure site overnight. It follows a 31-year-old COVID-positive traveller escaping from a quarantine facility in the city on Monday night. He spent time in Hobart's outer northern suburbs before police caught him. Over 50 people have now been identified as close contacts, including two primary school students and numerous police officers. But that list will grow today following the new exposure site. So far, we haven't had another positive case, but our Premier Peter Gutwin is warning that could change. Is uh, potentially uh, going to be another positive case, but our expectation would be that that would be in uh, quarantine. Health authorities are pushing for anyone with the mildest of symptoms to get tested while security at our hotel quarantine facilities is being ramped up to prevent this from happening again.
And to Queensland, and there are fears hundreds of residents may be using fake medical certificates to get around COVID rules. It's after a woman was charged on the Gold Coast yesterday for allegedly posing as a doctor. Our reporter Eleanor Harrison-Dengate has more. That's right, Tash. Queensland police are currently working with their sister organisations across the country trying to track down exactly where the 600 fake certificates went. At the moment, Tasmania is the only state that's been ruled out. It's understood the accused was charging up to 150 bucks per certificate. Detective Acting Inspector Damien Powell says the woman is anti-COVID and doesn't believe people should be forced into vaccinations. He's worried about the potential impact of these fake documents. If those uh, documents documents are being presented to um, employers as being exemptions from vaccination, then that exposes that person to risk of catching COVID because they're not properly vaccinated or or suffering ill effects of COVID. It also places their colleagues and workmates at, at risk. Detectives have spoken to the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Agency, confirming she's not a registered health practitioner and the 45 year old will be facing court later this month. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now, unemployment has edged up to 4.6%, but as always, the devil is in the detail. It is, Tash. Good morning. Last month, of course, unemployment was 4.5%. We kind of half-celebrated the number, but then, of course, realised it was because a whole lot of Australians had left the workforce. And so, you know, a lower percentage of a lower number isn't exactly a success this time around, unfortunately, it's about the same. The unemployment rate did edge up to 4.6%, so that expected increase did come through, but we thought it'd be bigger. Turns out another 138,000 jobs were lost in the Australian economy. If there is some good news, and I do like to be optimistic, I'd like to look forward, and that's kind of the point. So we know these are September numbers. We know that the lockdowns were kind of reaching their nadir about then, as some of the country is starting to open up now in October. Um, there is some hope that that might be, touch wood, as bad as it gets as businesses start to add more employees to serve the lockdown communities as they start to reopen. And Scott, this is an interesting one. It seems some of our major banks are split on making vaccinations mandatory. And this is such a big story, Tash, in terms of the implications it's going to have for months and across all different industries. But you're right, the banks themselves are a really fascinating case study. So CBA, Westpac and the Bank of Queensland have effectively said to their staff, you must have a jab, you must be vaccinated. NAB and ANZ are taking the other approach and simply saying, we encourage it, we'd like you to, but it's your own choice, it's up to you. Now, of course, there's employment implications for those people, but it starts to think about the banking implications as well. If you're a banking consumer, if you're strongly one way or the other, or you simply have a view and you want to choose one sort of financial institution over another, based on, of all things, the vaccination status of the staff, they really are drawing some fault lines. And if you think about this, it also goes through retail. The airlines, of course, are on the same page in terms of their vax status, but it will become a bit of the the vaxed and the vax not, if I can say it that way, just because you know, the way we spend our money, the way we spend our money and what the employment situations are being for some of these people, it's really going to be a fascinating story to watch over the next three and six months. Absolutely. And speaking of lockdown, Scott, a new report has outlined the winners and losers in retail. This is fascinating. So it's a report from Accenture and Illion. It's a, um, a credit bureau. And this was, like, we all know online retail is going to win, physical retail is going to lose. We kind of knew that as a, as a general idea. But here's the story. eBay, for example, in the current lockdown, sales tripled versus normal sales. 
but they were only up 55% in 2020's lockdown. So it kind of talks to the amount of increase in our online spending. We kind of learned, learned it the first time around, then really embraced it the second time. Amazon sales doubled this time, compared to being up only 11% last time. Uh, Bunnings, of course, was the reverse. We know we all went out and got stuck in a backyard projects this time last year, but even still, sales were still up another 11% in the current lockdown. So there's very much a story, I think, of, you know, once around, we kind of saw online as, as something of a, a novelty. We kind of got into it a little bit as a, as a community. Um, but of course, once you do it a second time around, it becomes, okay, well, this is now the new normal. And so we know that, for example, Mosaic Brands, a, a bricks and mortar retailer, had to raise money recently just to stay afloat because its entire business was in, in physical retail and the stores were closed. On the other hand, it looks like these online guys, not only do we expect they would be flying, but the data shows they absolutely have been and they're really taking shares from the traditional bricks and mortar retailers. Scott, massive day again in business and finance. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Good morning. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, there are some concerning signs for a young Aussie batsman ahead of the Ashes. Good morning, Tash. Will Pekofsky cannot take a trick at the moment. Uh, looks like he suffered the 10th concussion of his career. He was at batting practice last week in the Nets. Just some simple throwdowns, was hit in the head. And he's still feeling the effects a week later. It's the 10th time he has been concussed in his short career, as I mentioned. And so uh, definitely some concerns for a 23-year-old, still young in the game, but he's had a shoulder issue as well so we hope desperately he can be available for the Ashes because no doubt selectors had earmarked him to open the batting alongside David Warner. In some better news though the Queensland government has given the final tick of approval for both Australia and England to quarantine on the Gold Coast ahead of the first test at the Gabba starting in December. Cricket Australia Chief Nick Hockley says it's helped make sure the tour still goes ahead. Uh, we're now working through the very finer detail of the, of the plans but um, they're, they're extremely extremely well advanced and uh, we're very thankful to the Queensland Government for all their support. And we've got the T20 World Cup beginning this weekend. We play South Africa, Tash. And Brett Wayne Bennett will meet with the Dolphins today in another step to becoming their first ever coach. Yeah, and just the Dolphins as well. They're not going to go with an area name to start that, so just known as the Dolphins at this stage. They will be based in Redcliffe in the north of Brisbane, and uh, they're zeroing in on Wayne Bennett to become their coach. Some reports that he'd already agreed to a three-year deal. Not keen to talk about that last night in an interview on uh, Brisbane's Triple M, but he would pay his respects to rugby league immortal Norm Proven, who died on Wednesday night. I just thought he was a colossus of, of a player. I mean, he just seemed to stand out every time I saw a bit of film of or whatever, he was just this guy that's kind of stood out from everybody else. Ten premierships with the St George Illawarra, five of those as captain coach. Some of his achievements uh, were remarkable and of course uh, was immortalised, well is an immortal, the 13th immortal, but uh, on the NRL trophy with Arthur Summons as well. So uh, our uh, thoughts to the Proven family. Yeah, an absolute legend of the game lost, Brett. And to the AFL now, the Hawks deny the relationship with some senior players is now fractured. Yes, yeah, some uh, absolute spin coming out of uh, the Hawks uh, following their trade period where their new coach Sam Mitchell was shopping around unsuccessfully. Some of their senior stars like Chad Wingard, who made it clear on multiple times on social media, he wanted to go nowhere. Uh, Luke Bruce, Jago O'Meara, Tom Mitchell, among some of the other names who were shopped around two other clubs. List manager Mark McKenzie denies that it has harmed uh, their relationship with the new coach Sam Mitchell. And I think actually it might have even strengthened our group that we are open and honest 
with those players. I think they've appreciated that. Biggest thing for us is that they've, they're have they an excited, engaged, committed group and looking forward to, to being under Sam over the next few years. Not sure we're buying that. And Sam Walsh has been rewarded for his stellar season. He's claimed his first Carlton best and fairest, just 21. Amazing future in the game. Uh, All-Australian blazer this year. He's first and finished fourth in the Brownlow medal as well, Tash. Yeah, outstanding talent. Thanks so much, Brett. Have a good weekend. And here's a feel-good Friday story for you. A six-year-old boy with cerebral palsy has finally been reunited with his family in Queensland after being separated because of border restrictions. Lenny Silvera and his dad flew to the US for life-changing brain surgery five weeks ago, but on return were trapped in Sydney without an exemption to get back home to his mum and siblings in Maroochydore. His dad, Fabio, says they are overjoyed to finally be back home and will now be able to get the physiotherapy they need to help their son fully recover. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early on Monday. Listener.